We've been very, very heavy on the generational gap on this program, especially with our bonus content. And that is because they have been the ones who have been hosting us the most recently here. And our own Elaine was the latest guest over on the generational gap. She went over there to talk about paranormal experiences as John was staying in a hotel that was haunted. But as his internet connection cut out, the discussion changed as he left into internal Libertarian Party politics and what could happen and could the Libertarian Party take on Trump. It was a very interesting conversation. I'm really glad you guys are here to hear it again and make sure that you go and check out The Generational Gap, whose channel and Twitter are linked in the description for the podcast here. Hope you'll join them and hope you'll join us for our next live stream. And as always, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Generational Gap. I am Robert and I somewhere over there, there is John, your resident ghostly millennial. John, how are you doing this evening? God, you spooked me there for a second. I'm Whee! feeling extra tra translucent tonight. Translucent. Sure. Yeah, look how white I am. Ridiculous. You don't need low lighting to show that off. I'm just saying. Well, it helps, obviously. Yeah. Look at me. White as fuck. You're just Couldn't even wear the sunglasses. Couldn't even do it. You're just positively glowing with privilege. That's right. <laughs> A straight white male privilege I clearly have. So, John, you're in the big SC. Uh, Damn right. Yeah, we, we've had a fun time already. Have you? Ready yeah. To, ready to come home now? <laughs> Not yet. I still got uh, two more days. Be here until Monday. So, uh, Edgar's <laughs> Jay Edgar's already uh, calling out the obvious. No shades, dude. It's so dark in here that if I wore shades, it would reflect the light back at you guys. It would just it would not. It's, it's not going to work in this low light setting. Um, I do have the sunglasses. I think they're right they're over here. No. Hey, looks oh, like we've got bit. somebody showing up. Hold on to your horses, folks. Hold on. Oh, Hold on, everyone. <gasps> Look, oh, it's Elaine. What's up? It's Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Hi. Look, she made Hi. it. Sorry, I was yeah. like really running up on time there. Were you? Why? <laughs> the it's the drinking. It's that's what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing Thank tonight? You. I'm great. How are you guys? And we're fine. I think I'm fine. Pretty awesome. I think John's a little scared. He's in a scary, spooky hotel. A little spooked. Not gonna lie, yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Which it's hotel like, are you I'm, at? I'm, I'm, um, the Embassy Suites in Historic Charleston. So okay. it's like it's supposed to be the most haunted hotel in the South. Okay, I have not been no, there. No, un unfortunately, I have not. I did not get the most haunted room that is in the most haunted hotel in the South. So. I'm not quite, you know, at the level I would like to be, but it's still, you know, it's still pretty good. <laughs> right now, the only ghosts in that yeah, room are the shades of John's past. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Look how translucent I am. It's ridiculous. I have no light on me right now, so I'm just like oh, ghostly. All right, <clears throat> well, ghostly. You, can, you should put some sunscreen on. It'll help. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, this is know this is Elaine. She is the red in the Red and Ed show, which I believe I see Ed over there uh, hanging out in the chat. Um, yep, hanging out on YouTube. 
Do what? Oh, I'm sad. I can't see so the chat. Normally, room. normally I get to see all the chat stuff because I'm logged in, but I don't get to see it this time. <laughs> oh yeah, because well, you're not you're not logged into anything specific, are you? Mm -mm. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you can just pull up pull up YouTube. You'll be able to see it. Uh, oh, all yeah. the chats will be on YouTube. Um, yeah, I'll do I, that. Pull it up on your browser. I was just gonna say I could send her the link to the chat window. Yeah, send me the link to the chat window, and I'll watch it. I think I can do that. Let's see if I can. Let's see if I can manage to do that. Yes. Send it in on the air. Chat. <laughs> yeah, we'll do some on, on air, air production. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> right, see if that link works for you. See if it takes you to our chat window. And that way you'll have some chat pooling and. It wants me to open up another meeting. What a meeting! Wait, yeah, no, you, you know a what? Link to the meeting. I thought I copied I it. Yes. Well, just hold on. <laughs> you copied over the Zoom link. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's because i, I didn't get a good drinking I, I didn't get a good Larry, let's try this now, 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 now i got a good control c on there there we go there we go trying that to use short like trying to use shortcuts blind i'm gonna have to mute it super quick if it comes up with the video because it's gonna try to play i don't know I don't will it, pull it oh no it won't okay did it just pull no, up the chat window the for chat. you yeah, it did, but I have to sign in to chat. So, oh, yeah. It's okay. sign in so I can chat. read it, but I can't respond. Ah. Uh, I mean, you can sign in as you, right? You do know who you are, don't you? I don't have to. I mean, <laughs> Ed's saying the professional is. You know what, Ed? Yes. You know Ed, what? we are equally as professional as you are, easily. Yeah, Easily. we have to do on-air production, too. I don't know what you're talking about. And Ed, that is all on you. Don't do any of that. Right. Ed, Ed, you're lucky you're not watching us through a can with a string attached to it. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm pretty close to that at this point with hotel Wi-Fi. John, you're pretty close to that in general. That's true. I mean, That's true. I mean, you're, you're so boomer when it comes to technology. It's not even funny. It's really true. It is absolutely true. Yeah. I kind of am, bad. too. Like, Ed does all that for our show. <laughs> So yeah, it's Robert's job. Pardon my boomer, uh, my toxic boomer linality. <laughs> right, then I get to, <laughs> then I get to make fun of you and stuff doesn't work and it's not my fault. You I know what? Work. You know what? At least I'm trying. At least I'm trying. Okay. I'll give you that. It's give not that. like it's it's not like it's a good old fashioned AOL chat room, right? Oh my God, those are. Those I remember days. those. I don't know if they were the good days, but they were days for sure. <laughs> they were definitely yeah. days. <laughs> <And> <laughs> they were days. <laughs> I know I know there's there's people that still have their 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 doorways that they made out of the AOL and CompuServe discs. You know. There are people who still have AOL email addresses. I mm -hmm. I still have a bellsouth.net email address and they don't exist you anymore. Do. That would be that was ridiculous when I found out about that. I, I made so much fun of you. You yeah. have that one, and don't you have like a... Um, Earthlink. Earthlink. That was the one, yeah, an Earthlink email. <laughs> and a Roadrunner. I still have a Roadrunner. And a Roadrunner. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but here's the so question. Here, okay. Here, here's what I understand. If Bell South is no longer, right, they don't exist anymore, who keeps maintaining my email address? <laughs> like why is it still there why should I? it's been it's probably been absorbed <laughs> right like what? you're just like grandfathered into at&t yeah. now yeah oh my god it's uh yeah i think about it sometimes and i'm like oh holy shit you know and it, the earthlink is the worst because i don't have any access to that email anymore 
So if I happen to come across something old with that email account, then I turn around and I'm like, oh, well, I can't reset a password on this one. I can't, I can't do shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, technology, it's fun. And, it, and, and it's everybody's friend. And it's only going to become more so as we move forward. You would think you kids. You that's, a, kids that's a joke, right? You kids yeah, would be on I, top I of so. this. Okay. <laughs> you would think you kids would be on top of this. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean, wearables, like in the next decade, the wear, the level of wearables is going to be phenomenal. Like you won't carry a phone anymore. It'll be, it'll be on your wrist. It'll be something. It'll be a pair of glasses. Oh yeah. You know, it's they're, they're breaching quantum mechanics now to where they can make them super small. So just get used oh. to it. You know, take the chip. When they offer you the chip, just take the chip. <laughs> take the chip. Just take the chip. It, it, Someone doesn't watch Terminator enough times. Um, right. <laughs> look, if Terminator has taught us anything, it has taught us this. At least we'll get some time travel and a chance to fix it. I don't we know. We get about to see that. Arnold Schwarzenegger naked. So there's another thing that we get to do. I got a, I got a really interesting to... question about time travel not long ago. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, Someone asked me if I could travel back in time, would I take the opportunity to ex nay baby Hitler or Woodrow Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer is pretty obvious there. I mean, Woodrow Wilson was the most, was the worst president. Thank you. Yeah, I was like, Woodrow Wilson yeah. for sure. <laughs> I think they yeah. were very shocked. I mean, that's by an that. obvious answer. But you, but you, but but see, there's the problem with 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 that approach to time travel is because Murphy's law will kick in, yeah. and it will become mm -hmm. that time paradox where time corrects itself. So you could take out I mean, this person, but it. someone else will roll into that position, and and set those set that course of history back on track. Maybe I feel like it would probably be more like uh, what was proposed in avengers in the avengers movie where they were like if you take the stone out it creates this alternate reality and right. like all these things and i feel like it's i feel like that's actually maybe possible but of course i don't know anything about the science behind any of that so i see yeah. it in a movie and i'm like oh yeah that makes sense but i don't science know if it actually has any basis in reality or not <laughs> i i actually yeah. just i just watched a time travel movie today called 2064 and it was at, it, it it took a look at the time paradox and it was actually kind of interesting because it, it was it, you could tell that it was a loop paradox that mm -hmm. was going on but he had managed it looked like he managed to do it enough to where he he came up with the right answer and then broke the loop mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. fixed things right and so it was really kind of cool and it's like but you know you're gonna you would you would think you'd have to run into yourself anytime you're doing shit like that, right? Which he did run into himself. Well, his skeleton, his corpse, uh, from a previous right. entry into it. But still, um, it's uh, I don't know. They uh, it's uh, it, it was it was pretty low budget too, though. So, you know, low budget time travel <laughs> never really explains the truth behind time travel. Um, it doesn't need to. But they're saying they're close. They're saying that they might actually have something very close to what would be borderline oh. time travel to where we could they, like travel great distances, you know, in space. They're getting closer to being able to rip a hole in it. 
and isn't that great? Oh, you yeah. know, because nobody knows how to sew them up. Boston, oh, yeah. I see Elephant Man in the house. He said, "Did you guys see the Boston yeah. Dynamic paintball dog robot thing?" Wow, yeah. is that the title? I've seen those. Is that the title? Yeah, uh, is that what I'm looking up? <laughs> right. Is that the Google search? Because it really seems like you could be fine tuning it a little bit more. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> a little more keywords, right? people. Keywords. If you could time keywords, that. yeah. I don't think thing needs to be in there. Or... If, Ed says, it. if you could time travel and eliminate one and only of the great evils of history, Stalin, Obama, or David Hogg. <laughs> wow. I mean, Stalin is a serious answer, but David Hogg would be the meme answer. Uh, um, Obama, it's, that's, I mean, he's like the most medium of those but three. So. without Obama, does David <laughs> Hogg exist? Um... Yeah, I would say so, because surprisingly, Obama wasn't that bad when it came to guns. Like, he was, he wasn't pro-gun necessarily, but he didn't pass tons of laws. Right, he didn't right. really get into the conversation that way. Well, I wasn't thinking of it yeah. from that perspective. I was thinking of it more like... Well, that's David Hogg. Without the culture that surrounded Obama, would David Hogg have even gotten traction? Because uh, I feel like he wouldn't have. Um, that's it. Okay, we can go into this. Um, that's a good, that's a good point. However, I don't think that, it, that, like, Obama wasn't the catalyst, in my opinion, for that. It was happening regardless of Obama. It just was perpetuated by. So he was just one other actor that had, you know, significant reach and, you know, uh, power. But without him in that position, would <clears throat> David Hogg have gotten that much of a reaction? I don't think he would have. Wouldn't the question be if, if whether or not it would be, have been a different Democrat or if it yeah, were I mean, it Republican? Somebody else. Right? Like yeah, if you're talking about it being else. somebody other than Obama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Obama that, or even like any culture from Obama that brought David Hogg into, it was, you know, the, the shooting and that he, even though he wasn't even, you know, there. Uh, I think we all agree on that, right? He wasn't even there, yeah. but you know, he got he gained prominence uh, through his you know CNN interviews and MSM interviews in general, uh, which I don't think had anything to do with Obama. I mean, no, it didn't. But I think that if there had know. been a Republican president instead, that it would not have gotten like all those media interviews and everything wouldn't have really made a difference. I, I just don't think it would have had the same reaction. I don't know. Well, maybe, well, maybe they would have. I think it's possible. And obviously, it's, we're obviously we're completely, you know, speculation. <laughs> but if there was a Republican uh, president instead of Obama during the same years, uh, you you might be right that the mainstream media would have gone after that president the same as they went after Trump. But I don't know that they would have been as effective, and so they wouldn't have been as unified. As like as the mainstream media. Well, I yeah, I, I can say he really went after Trump specifically because he was Trump and because of the way that he acts. No other Republican president would have acted the way that Trump acted, for good or for ill. Speaking no one of else Trump, would have the same way and wouldn't have had, wouldn't have given them as much ammo. Speaking so. of Trump, should we talk about the large uh -huh. golden calf in the room? Oh, I've got it. I've got it. I've got. I've got it ready to show. <laughs> I've got one. Hold up. Yeah. Um, but I, I, real quick, I will say this. Um, in regard to Obama, 
I will say that I think the eight years that Obama was in office was the engine by which the the far left really were, was able to get up to speed, like really get their motor race and really get their voices more voluminous. Right, because and, Trump just kept handing them ammo, like on a daily basis, right, right, because he had right. no self control. Right, right, but hundred percent. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, Obama, Obama, Obama created that. That you know, let's let's be sensitive about everything because now we've got all these check boxes in the White House. You know, we you know we're 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 meeting criteria now. We've we've got inclusivity now. Our voices, and then when Trump rolls around, yeah, it's just fucking crazy which he's he's coming back though so it's it's okay trump's coming back what, uh, what? No. yo he is he's coming back <laughs> he's gonna no. he's I'm actually, not comforted by this information he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna reemerge uh at cpac in fact in fact if you want i can share this with you we've got some video of him um, reemerging, um, oh, Lord. coming out of, uh, this, you know, out of hiding and the shell that he's had himself in, I'll, uh, I'll share this no. with you guys. Um, and, and the folks at home, uh, but this is, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is Trump. This is, this is him getting ready to pull in and, uh, really open up for I'm us. We're going to so get to see. He's goo. No. <laughs> You... No, literally, that's what happens to caterpillars. Did you know that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. actually like he they actually completely he started... turn into a puddle of goo and then remake into yes. a butterfly. Yes, it's actually, wild. this was shot in my yard today. That's really cool. Yeah, and uh, there were actually two of them, and one of them actually you actually got to see the goo that was left behind. You can see this one's trying to purge it. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, so you know he's uh, he's going to come back to us. He's emerging now. He is, and he's going to come out Sunday at CPAC, and he's going to let everybody know that he is taking charge of Democratic leadership. He is going to attempt to lead the Democratic Party to a win in 2020. <laughs> um, enough of that. Okay. But anyway, uh, so uh, but let me share this with you. Uh, I think for you guys, I can put it up real quick. NSB. So, yeah, you were talking about, I believe, this item. It says, well, it's orange. <laughs> uh, I believe this is the item that you were well, uh, speaking of that uh, yeah. was so interesting. And I'll show it to everyone else as well. There we go. It's uh, so obnoxious. Is it? You find yeah. it obnoxious? Ooh. Oh, that's a, that's a, why would you do that to me, picture? Good Lord. Well. Whoa, what are you... Oh, I'm getting great, great technical issues with that because of that uh, oh thing you were showing. Oh, right, right. It's my fault. It was. Do you, you remember know, that I, time I, when it I was leave, your fault? I leave for one weekend and the whole show just falls apart. <laughs> there we go. Jesus Christ. There, now everybody can see it. See, now, now everybody can be happy. There it is. Um, they can see it on their screen. The beautiful image of Donald Trump at CPAC here in Orlando, John. They're here in Orlando. You're <laughs> missing it. Real quick. Real quick. Elephant Man says orange bug bad. <laughs> I, <thought it> was... <laughs> um, I think I can play this. Uh, it might even... 
know it'll be stupid though. Watch, watch oh, them, watch them throwing at copyright. Him. Oh, it's CNN. Awesome. Yeah, we we love CNN. Yeah, they yeah, always right. give us the straight Jimmy. Yes, <clears throat> the generational gap endorses and condones CNN overlordship. But they have so the worst make sure servers. You, uh, watch CNN every day. It always takes forever. Trump's going to make his first post presidential appearance this weekend. Conservative Political Action Conference in Orlando, CPAC. The same time, his former VP Mike Pence declined a chance to speak, supposedly because uh, the former president and VP are supposed to stay quiet after the inauguration. That's why he says he's not going. Let's talk about who is going. Let's bring in the chairman of CPAC, Matt Schlapp. Good to see you, Matt. Why is this the right move for Good CPAC to, um, to give Trump the platform uh, which somewhat presents him as a future prospect? Well, I mean, the reason why uh, it's right for President Trump to be at CPAC is because he just spent four years uh, enacting the most conservative policy we've ever seen uh, from any president, certainly any Republican president. And 73 million <laughs> Americans voted for him. Uh, they thought the policies helped make America strong. We weren't. Okay, so. Do you agree? $26 trillion. Do you agree? Conservative. Do we agree no. with this? I mean, it, I mean, they're, they're, the, the acquittal really garnered him a lot of positive vibes in the Republic, with Republican voters again, mm -hmm. and some Democratic voters. Um, to the extent. I haven't seen that. It wasn't a lot, but I mean, like, change their opinion, you know, as far as, you know, because he was acquitted, but. I don't know. Um, but doesn't it... Is this credibility shot? After two impeachments and everything that we went through after the election... I mean, it should be. His credibility should be completely gone. I mean, right. He shouldn't have enough credibility to to be the mouthpiece of the Republican Party moving forward. Mm -mm. John, do you mm. agree, disagree there? Um, I mean, obviously his mainstream, especially mainstream media credibility is obviously that's never existed. Um, but no, I mean, there's a lot of people who see him as like a martyr at this point, which, you know, it, and so I'm not endorsing anything but uh for, for a smart move for the gop would be for him you know if he wanted to support the gop it would be to not come back for anything and to just be gone that way he can continue to be a martyr instead of like trying to come back and have some kind of comeback that will destroy his credibility with his base and with people who are especially diehard trump supporters all right. So, I mean, so, yeah. So, what he needs to do is be gone, like I said, and then they can continue to use him. Like, look what they did to Trump. Look what they did to Trump. And they can continuously hammer that into, you know, all Republicans and any kind of right-leaning people for like the next eight to, you know, I don't know, twelve years. Right. Well, thing is, is I don't think he's actually learned any lessons least. from this, aside from don't trust the establishment. I think he wants to come back and hit it harder and win again in 2024 and be president again and make it his big comeback. And I think he wants to use that to primary a bunch of people like Mitch McConnell and people that didn't support him. He wants to try to use that clout 
to to get them out of office. And now now McConnell McConnell uh, apparently came out and said that he would be he would be more than happy to see Trump as a as a Republican candidate in 2024. He flip flops so frequently. Right. Right. Um, so but I don't get it. <laughs> now, he has not now he has not he he's not from what I understand, his position at this point coming to CPAC is in an effort to a be the mouthpiece of the Republican Party, like take the lead for the Republican Party and get the midterm elections to swing Republican. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I, I, I don't know, it, are the Band-Aids, are, are Band-Aids, a two-year Band-Aid going to be enough for the things that have happened just in the last six months to that his voice is going to make a difference in Republicans being elected in 2022? I fear that I I have a fear and I think a lot of other Republicans have a fear that if he tries that what they're going to what they're what they want is more Matt Gates and Dan Crenshaw types. What they're going to get is more Marjorie Taylor Greene types, which they don't want. And it's going to end up backfiring. Um, how much? How much is Biden policy going to make a difference in that? I mean, is that's Biden, a good question? Is Biden throwing some punches right <clears throat> now that that Trump's going to be able to come out and, and come out swinging against and say, "Look at what's already happening." I think. I think what's going to happen is that they're going to see Democratic, they're going to see moderate Democratic candidates do worse, and they're going to see more progressive candidates at the congressional level do better, because they're because the Democrats are now mad at Biden that he has dropped fifteen dollar minimum wage, he has dropped stimulus checks, he has also dropped student loan forgiveness, he's dropped all of the things that he was promising in the lead up to the election to get the progressives on board to vote for him. Right. So what they're going to do is they're going to say, screw the establishment Democrats. We're running progressive candidates in every district that we can get progressive candidates on the ballot in. And so you're going to have progressive Democratic candidates instead of moderate Democratic candidates running in those races and winning those primaries. And they're going to be going against those hyper-partisan pro-Trump Republicans like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren, Lauren Boebert and those type of people. So you're going to see more partisanship and if they can't manage to flip districts to Republican, they're going to end up with a bigger squad in the in the House, which is going to be terrible. So so it sounds like yeah. it sounds like to me you're saying that any any Republican that's thinking about running for the midterms should probably distance themselves from Trump as much as possible. So that you don't have to have the question. It depends about on the it. district because I work in elections. So it really, really depends on your district. Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because that, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, even, you know, even in areas where it would be, it's okay to, you know, I, I, to be Republican and to support Trump. I would still think that the baggage that comes along with it, right? the the questionable things that are going to be mainstream media is going to attack, go with in your in your local election elections your state elections etc 
are just going to be it's it's a burden i wouldn't want to have around my neck it's an albatross whether it's mm -hmm. good or bad it's still an albatross that's got to mm -hmm. be dealt with because i mean uh, you know take a look at uh, uh ted cruz i mean he's getting beat up over this texas thing and i get it i understand why he's getting beat up yeah. but the biggest reason why they went they are continually going after him is because he was such a staunch trump supporter Mm -hmm. And the mainstream media is not going to let go of those bones over the next no, two years. No, because if, because if they stop talking about Trump, they have to start talking about Biden, and they really don't want to do that. Well, right? well, well, the yeah. thing is, oh, the thing ahead. is, um, I was going to say, I think I've changed my answer and, uh, to who's going to be the president, uh, Republican presidential nominee in 2024. So I was talking about Ted Cruz, but... I think they've been hitting him way too hard that I, I really think it's me DeSantis. There's too much stuff is sticking to Cruz. And I, and I know I said this before. I was like, I, I said it, I think last Friday, actually, that I think DeSantis hasn't had enough time to really gain, you know, prominence. He hasn't really put his name out there too much, but like recently he's really changed that. And uh, he's a lot more charismatic. I think than Cruz is, and he doesn't have the same kind of gaffes that Cruz has had, whether they're warranted or not. You know, he's Cruz has been all over the negative media recently. Who knows? I mean, maybe it's going to change in the next couple of years. But as where it's going now, I see DeSantis as a better candidate actually, because every time they come at him with something, it just doesn't really stick. Like no one really cares. You know, it's, you know he, he reminds there, he like, reminds me of Trump in a lot of ways. Yeah, and he certain. was a big Trump supporter as well. I don't know that there are going to be very many Republicans that are even willing to go against Trump in a primary. I mean, we saw what happened in the last one. Like, there were no primary challengers at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Bill Weld? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, here, then, you know, but it begins to beg, you know, we can we can look at it and say, OK, well, there's a good chance that Trump would be the Republican nominee. I'm just saying there's a good chance. Right. He could do enough reparations over the next four he, years to get ran, in their yes. good graces. If right. Ran, yeah. Uh, but okay. then the, then comes the question, you know, will he get the votes? Because a lot of people will walk to the poll with this question is this going to be the same shit show election bullshit that we went through four years ago it will be It'll i don't be worse. so and then not cast a vote for trump right and then yeah, yeah, make it worsen the situation it. right of course It'll get worse. right there's no way i can lose again right and then the election fiasco will go on the only upside is that he won't be sitting in the white house making people wonder if he's going to leave Right. Yeah, the real the real kicker is going to be whether it's whether it's Biden running for re-election or whether it's Harris running. Oh, it'll def. Yeah. I definitely believe it'll be Harris. There, I think so I, too. I think the Democratic establishment I, I will think, move him out within the first four years. John, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I still don't think Biden's gonna. I don't. I still don't think Biden's gonna survive the first four years. Whether he, you know, croaks or is removed for another reason, I don't think Biden's gonna serve a full term. And you, you mean political survival, right? Uh, Either one, yeah. Right. <laughs> now, um, I don't think he's going to serve a full four years. Yeah. Right, right. And that's and and I can honestly say that I really believe that at some point over the next four years, Biden is going to resign the office. I think that mm -hmm. he will resign 
for personal reasons, whether it be, you know, whether he equates it to medical reasons, whatever, but he will resign as opposed to being mm. taken out of office and Kamala will take over and then she'll let's, get a chance at two let's, terms. Let's speculate real quick. What do you think the chances are? Look, see how much he's quote unquote fucking up right now at the beginning where he's abandoning all of his promises and he's, you know, drone striking in Syria you know, everything that he could be doing wrong, he is doing wrong. And there's, like, no accountability. There's no one really talking about it too much. Give it another, like, six months or so. What do you think the chances are that he resigns in shame? You know, everyone's calling for his resignation. He's like, oh, I'm going to do the right thing, unlike the previous, you know, occupier of the White House. Yeah. I'll do the right thing and step down for the good of America. And then Kamala becomes president. Now he is. Um, he, well, like, what do you think the odds are of that? Now you, I, I, you have to stop for a minute and remember, he is. It's not that he's stepping away from things that he said he was going to do so much as he's so very focused on one thing right now, and that is getting a stimulus package through. Mm-hmm. But his mistake, the Democratic mistake, right and now. and and I can promise you this is going to play well to Donald Trump coming out at CPAC this weekend is that they tried to go big or go home with putting shit into the stimulus package. So they denied the $15 minimum wage hike that was built into the stimulus package. Yeah. The, they, they had a, a Senate exclusion that said, okay, yeah. if you're going to try and do it under this budget resolution to where it's going to go, it goes to a 50-50 vote. You cannot have the uh, wage increase in there because it doesn't pertain to the budget. So they have to exclude that, but they're they're going to try and fight and get it in there to where a company is penalized if they're not paying a $15 minimum wage. Um, but they, I think they tried to ask for too much too soon, right? They were like, oh, let's try and slam this $15 minimum wage in, you know, while we can get it through. And that's going to hurt them. That's going to hurt uh, from the Republican standpoint, when you have Donald Trump able to stand up and blast that out there is a very big mistake that they shouldn't have done. I don't know. I'm not convinced that Jill Biden will be running the show after a few months, honestly. Like, watch for watch for significant diversions, not not diversions, but watch for significant departures from the track that he's on right now to a different track in like six to eight months. That's when you know that Jill is calling the shots because she's young. I mean, far younger than he is. And she is very smart. Um, I'm not convinced that they didn't, that part of the deal with him, you know, kind of getting the nomination because you know that there were totally backroom deals done with that because nobody wanted him. Um, I'm not convinced that part of the deal wasn't, well, but he does have Jill. Like Jill could do some of this, you know. I, I'm not convinced that that wasn't part of it. That they were that she was like, well, he might not be able to do certain things, but I'll do it. I'll take care of it. But I is mean, she, but is we've she? We've had presidents do that before. I mean, Woodrow Wilson that we mentioned earlier. He had a stroke, and his wife was basically running the show for the last part of his, you know, presidency. Well, but is she? Is, is Jill strong enough to stand up to Kamala? Because I'm not convinced that they're not in it together. Oh, uh, really? Mm. 
it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're Democrats, huh? They're in the same. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> well, you know, it's, but the 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 thing that I think differentiates uh, the difference between them is I I imagine their agendas are completely different though, because I know what a Kamala's. Yes, right. I mean, it's it's all about identity politics with her. Ultimate which, power. Right? Jill, <laughs> Jill doesn't Jill doesn't, you know, I I wouldn't expect Jill to be as focused on identity politics to be moving things in the direction that Kamala would be happy with. You know, especially Kamala sitting there knowing I'm next in line if 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 Joe's not in a position, you know she's chopping at the bit. She's got them ready to but take him out. Kamala of has the necessary. Senate in her pocket. Sure. So yeah. she has. So she has the Senate. So should that kind of a scenario take place where they're the two of them are not on the same page and Jill is the one who's actually calling the shots, it will be Jill versus the Senate. Yeah, but remember that Kamala has the ace up her sleeve. She can enact Amendment Twenty Five. So if he reaches a point to where Jill is needing to call the shots, I I, I don't doubt for a minute that Kamala would pull the trigger. But then they have to publicly admit that they elected a man that they knew could not do the job. No, they don't. Yes, they, they it, do. it, This could no, have happened at any anything. time. This, this could have been. Democrats are talking about. They don't have to admit shit. This could ju- <laughs> this could just be a tumor that cropped up and is suddenly suddenly started impairing right. his decision making right i mean come <laughs> on listen, elaine we're talking about people who don't care about their own hypocrisy will be openly oh i know and if not, not for double standards they wouldn't have them right exactly so i mean to say like uh, that they, that they would have to admit something i mean of course they don't I still of don't I, not. I still don't says, i can picture kamala screeching i am the senate <laughs> You know, I still don't. Right. Believe, <laughs> I, yeah. I still don't believe Trump ever he's had COVID. Life is <laughs> I mean, they fake this stuff all the time. I don't believe Trump had COVID. There was no way Trump had COVID at seventy years old and knocked it, and got rid of it in three days, and he was back to his good old fashioned self. Well, also Never. to be fair, though, he does he does have the access to the best medicine that the Western world has to offer. As as the president, he has more than triple A insurance. Like he has the best of the best of the best people. Yeah. How do you think the queen has lived so long? It's the same deal. Right. It's all adrenochrome. I mean, uh, Charles Charles got COVID. He's fine. You can say that best medicine shit all that you want, but I've seen a few presidents die. (laughs) I'm just saying. But no, you know what, you know, so, you know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, whatever happens with Biden, it will be sudden. It won't be anything where anyone will try and make an argument, you know, leave an open door for, you know, somebody to say, oh, you knew he was sick. You knew he had mental issues. I mean, you think the mainstream media, they're going to allow the mainstream media to spin it. They're not going to feed the media anything that'll let them spin that. And they won't spin against Biden anyway. But I think that they, well, but you're forgetting that there's that huge chasm between the progressives and the moderates. The moderates wanted Biden. That Will they ever admit that something like that happened? No. But will the progressives say they, the moderates lied to us well, and turn and, and further turn more progressives against 
the moderates. I don't I don't see that as beyond the realm of possibility. But that's just because they're still butthurt over Bernie. Right. I mean, they're butthurt over a lot of things. Right. But, now. Right. 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 But I mean, you know, we all know Bernie should have had should have had the nod twice. Right. Should have had the nod twice and never got it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, yeah, I mean, and, and I think that creates a lot of the current chasm that we have right now. Is Do you just, think he'll try again? No, 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 not at all. He won't. I don't think he'll. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Bernie will make it through the, his next, you know, his next term. Right. Bernie's on that on that questionable point to me where it's like he looks hale and healthy, as it were. Right. Like he talks a good game like he's healthy and strong. But I honestly believe that he's going to be one of those uh, suddenly Bernie Sanders passes away and, you know, just suddenly. Yeah. Like realistically. I mean, he, has, he has already um, had a heart attack. Yeah. You know, he's so just. Who, so who is Kamala's running mate then? Uh, so if she if she takes over and then she gets to Cuomo. run for her first term in 2024, her running Cuomo. mate will be another woman or a black man. Oh, yeah, man. you're right. Um, Pick a woman or a black man. No, no. Oh, my God. Cory Booker. No. Oh, my God. I bet you it's Cory Booker. <laughs> no. You don't think so? Yeah, let that happen. No. You don't no, think it's actually, no, Hillary I'm, says Ed. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there because you know I would assume that somebody's thinking it. But the perfect way to speak to the real voters at the time, in their minds, and to the right demographics, she'll choose AOC. I don't think so. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, no, Why no. I don't not? think so. Oh, I think because I think they would compete too much with each other. Kamala wants to be it. She wants oh, yeah, you're total right. authority. Mm -hmm. She would not can't, sure. she would not like someone oh, like but AOC. You, but because AOC you have, is rogue. Well, she'll well, she'll go off and do what she wants to do. She'll have, slam whoever all, she wants to slam. She'll do all that. Kamala will not tolerate she's that. She give wants her somebody one, who will toe the line. Man, she won't be too young by then, Elizabeth. She's uh, right. just responding to Elephant Man. She she, she's too young. She won't be by then. I believe she'll be mm -hmm. old enough in 2024. But mm -hmm. Kamala only has to give her one thing. One thing that will, yeah, that, will let a, that will let AOC go down in the annals of history. And that's just give her the green light for the Green New Deal. But the moderate Democratic or senators will up. never go along with that. Putting AOC ah. in charge of them will not work. Still put it, still put it in her hands to try and get it through, make it happen, whatever. But if she throws her that bone, she can keep the power mm. hold. I feel like Kamala would choose someone like Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Uh, Buttigieg. Just to get the LGBT. Judge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's a minority. He's still white, but he's a minority. I don't know. Well, he's, he's a gay, isn't he? Mm -hmm. AOC, AOC brings. They're gonna want to. So they're gonna want to No, I think. I think Kamala's gonna want to knock out that. Oh well, when when I was elected Ooh. with Joe Biden, I was the first woman of color. I was the first woman mm. vice president, and now <laughs> I'm going to bring along the first gay Maybe. vice president ever. Wow. Like I feel like yeah. they're just gonna continue Maybe. that identity thing. Wow, that's true. <laughs> You could be right, but they could also surprise us and choose Beto. Because he's been oh, actually Beto. kind of prominent. I'm not saying it's a good would. choice, obviously. I'm not well, well, right, because... Well, still, you don't think they're going to I, think it, would, I think it would already be somebody within do? the Biden administration. That's why I said Pete. 
because of the identity politics, but because he's already serving in the administration. Right. And he will have already worked with him. And I think he is just impressionable enough that she could take him under her wing and make him her her guy. And then, yeah, like she can't mold AOC that way. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think she wouldn't pick her. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I I will say this, that Pete does check off a lot of boxes and Mm -hmm. he 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 gets rid of he gets her a mail on the ticket Mm -hmm. and eliminates the bulk of any idea of masculine uh, toxic masculinity that you might get with a straight male, no matter what race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that's good, but uh, <laughs> and he and he appeals to more moderate Democrats. She won't win on the progressive vote alone. Do we? Uh, he's moderate enough because he's progressive for the Midwest. Okay, he's so, progressive by Midwest definitions. I mean, I'm from Indiana. He, you know, was mayor of South Bend. Like he's from Indiana too. From Indiana that's super progressive. So he'll appeal to those mid America Democrats that are more moderate. Okay. So the only, the only thing I I would have to question about this is, is you're checking off a lot of boxes with those two candidates, but you also run into this. Um, You've got a large percentage of a, a very strong percentage of voters is the white demographic, the white mm-hmm. establishment voter, right? So neither one of are either one of those candidates going to appeal to the white establishment voter. You know, not that they're, you know, vocally that, but it is the, you know, it's what's underneath, right? Yeah, um, I think Pete does in a way. I mean, you know, he he doesn't he doesn't he won't play well as well he's to gay, the but he's not flamboyantly gay. No, he's not. Um, and I, I, I have to say, I, I, I give him credit for that because, you know, like only a, a couple of two or three times during debates and stuff, did he mention his husband, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was thrown up in your face, but is that enough to get the, the Christian I mean, right on board with he him? He looks very normal. He does. He, he looks like a normal guy. He's, he can present himself professionally. He, you know, dresses right. He's got the right look. Um, if he never opened his mouth, if he never opened, if he never talked about his husband or if he was a single bachelor, like he could pass as straight to a voter who was uneducated, who didn't look into it or whatever. Right, right. And I mean, I hate to talk about it in those terms because it is really bigoted to say that, but honestly, that's, I mean, so democratic voters are looking for, like we said, the identity politics, like ticking the boxes, like they right. want to hit those markers so to speak and i that's why i think kamala is going to continue that tradition of oh we're going to have another historic ticket so she's going to pick either another minority or somebody who's a minority in another in another way they might not be a minority like they're from their no. their skin color their ethnicity but i definitely could see her choosing him for those reasons what if i threw out the idea that depending on how things go in the mayoral race or the or is it the government is he running for mayor or governor? Governor. Um, Andrew Yang is making a play for New York. Maybe. Yes. And now mayor, he right? checks boxes, uh, a lot of he's boxes. Too, I think he's too independent. And that was why they didn't like Tulsi. They but, didn't like Tulsi because she actually. Yeah, he has his own ideas. But he also, but he also, yes. 
He also <clears throat> has a very strong understanding of hierarchy and leadership too. He would he would be able to flow into the role of vice president as long as his voice was being listened to because he's not going to be, you know, Kamala has talked about UBI. He's talked about UBI. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things where they would be on the same page and he wouldn't have to be in charge as long as he was making a difference. That's the Andrews. That's his take, I think. But again, I with that relationship with the Senate, I don't think Senate Democrats are going to listen to someone like Andrew Yang. Well, I think that depends on what happens with New York. I think that would factor into it. Right. Andrew, Andrew Yang's prospects in Washington hinge on this. If he can if he can land New York and make a difference. In some way, shape or form, like have a positive impact while he's doing it. You know, I, I think it's going to be very interesting because I, I, I wonder if he's not going to if he does, you know, win in New York, if he wouldn't like institute the first. I still think it's going to be I still think it's going to be somebody from within the administration that she's worked with that she can trust, because if she can't trust them to be loyal to her, she will not choose them. Uh, I think I, I think trust is a fool's game at this point in the in, in well, Washington maybe not anymore, trust, right? But someone that she can manipulate. <clears throat> I mean, because I you can't tell me that she is not manipulative as all get out. Well, uh, she is, and that's 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 why I you know I you know I really am more concerned with you know when she's going to make a move for the presidency during this term. And, mm-hmm. and and with Kamala Harris, even being Joe Biden's mount, second, second in command, I worry about the First Amendment. I worry about the Second Amendment, but more so I worry about the First Amendment because, you know, they've done enough to the Second Amendment that I don't know that anybody can defend the First Amendment anymore mm-hmm. or very well, right? Um, and, and that's what's going to happen. We're, you know, I'm expecting in this administration for censorship to take a big hold on social media. And it's going to start being regulated in a much more authoritarian way uh, to to, you know, worry about everybody's feels. And Kamala Harris is going to be a big proponent behind that, especially if she's even listening to people like AOC. Right. I think it's really going to come down to if they, so here's my other prediction, because here's the other thing that plays into this. Like we were talking about earlier, the, that, that two-year band-aid with Trump, the same applies for the Democrats. Like I was talking about, if Biden keeps enacting, walking back the progressive policies he promised, and we're going to see more progressives, then Kamala might make her play before midterms so that she can be like, okay, calm down, everybody. We're on the right track now. Like, I'm going to save the the agenda that we promised. I'm going to follow through. Um, Joe is just not with it, you know, whatever. And she will soothe the fears of the progressives to to keep everybody together, to, to keep that chasm from growing. Well, so then, I feel like that will be the timing of it if it's going to happen. If right. not, then I think Joe Biden just won't run for re-election and she will. 
I, I've, I've honestly been concerned whether or not we'll get through 2021 with Biden in, in the seat of power for the entire first year. I don't know that he will. Um, I honestly don't. Just because I think they're going to play the game hard and fast. Because they want as much of this term as they can. Because mm-hmm. the, the beauty of it is, it doesn't count as a term for her. Right. She gets to run two more elections after this. maybe if she wins right i mean maybe i mean if she if she takes over for him um because we had this happen in indiana uh a couple years ago i think it was the secretary of state one of those lower offices um at the state level a woman was appointed to serve that role because someone else stepped down and so she was appointed for interim well, she held the interim position for two years. Then she ran for election and she won. So she served her first term. And then she ran for election again and won a second term. Well, it's a two-term limit right. office. They're making her leave early her second term so that she doesn't serve more than X number of years. So right. She doesn't serve more than eight years. So currently we don't have that provision right. as far as elections go. But they could enact that provision so she can't serve as president for more than eight years. So if she serves two years now or a year now, um, it wouldn't look one. It wouldn't look good if they made her quit her second term early. Um, That would just be very strange to me. I feel like that wouldn't happen Um, more feasible at the state level, but not not for that office. Um, So they'll have to figure out they'll have to figure that out if she wins a second term, like, okay, well now what do we do? Right. Well, I don't, I, I want to say that I've read about this, not in this particular situation, but we have one president. This is one of those times where I wish we had our friend Cam here, um, who, uh, he served, was it three or four terms that he was, FDR? A, was it FDR? That was, it was it three mm-hmm. or four terms that he was, it was actually, four. Right. And two of those were full presidential terms of eight yes. years, right? Because His last term, he did not serve the full term because he died in office. Oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't, I don't believe there's a mechanic built into the Constitution to limit you running uh, running and serving two terms, even provided that you went into office because you but were- But that's what I mean. I feel, like Dem- I feel like Republicans will introduce an amendment right, to, but that would or take a law it- to limit that term. That would to be, that would to, take, to, they'll they'll amend the previous term limit rule to say, or to serve for eight years consecutively as president. Do you think they would go through trying to get a two thirds national vote to do that? Because they have to get two thirds yes. of the states on board with that. Mm-hmm. I think t- they would. Really? Because because we're we're looking at the potential. I mean, we're we're only going to see partisanship grow. So yeah. if they don't do it their entire base is going to get pissed because that's what the base will want. The base will not want one day more of Kamala Harris that they have to tolerate. Well, your partisanship is not going to go away anytime soon, no matter who's with Biden in the white house, Harris in the white house or with Trump coming Mm -hmm. in 2024, partisanship is not going to stop anytime soon, no matter what happens. Um, yeah, no, definitely not. And that's the biggest problem I have. And, you know, it's like because you can't just wave a magic wand and go to a one party system. Right. Or can we, John? Is there a way? Uh, 
Uh, yeah, there's definitely a way to do that. Um, I wouldn't condone it. I wouldn't uh, <laughs> advocate for it. Is it a magic no, wand? There, there are several examples of a magic wand being woven, waved, I don't know. And, waved uh, is better. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden there's a one-party system with one person in charge. It's crazy how that works. And it happens a lot of times in South American countries. It happens a lot of times in uh, Middle Eastern countries. Happens a lot of times in a few Asian countries as well, where uh, those sorts of things happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's definitely some examples of that happening. Did you guys? Did you guys see the um, newspaper headlines from around the world after our election was over? How some of them were characterizing them. I think it was uh, might have been Kenya, but their their newspaper headline was about our election, and it said, "Who's the banana republic now?" Oh, I saw that. Yes. I was like, whoa. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's right. Like, all right. Fair enough. You deserve that. Um, fair enough. Real quick. Elephant Man says he believe it's, it's <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 years is the longest any president can serve. So, okay. So apparently there's some, I right. would assume it's a constitutional cap. On yeah. There, there must be years. like a byline or something in there when they enacted term limits after FDR. Yeah. I mean, Congress was so terrified of FDR, the way that he wielded executive power, that they immediately passed term limits after he died. So that means Kamala's <laughs> got to play. She's got to hedge her bets for at least two years and hope mm-hmm. Biden can string it out for that long. Or, or let, Jill can bring or, it out for that long. I was long. just going to say, let Jill carry carry the ball for a little bit till she gets to that point. I mean, wasn't there just a picture out of <clears throat> Biden like yesterday or today or something like that where he's just literally sitting in a meeting asleep? <laughs> You know what? He's a grandpa. Like but he you know what? To... Was it a, was Come it a, was it a video or was it a picture? He was I think it was a photo. And, and he's like got his mask on and everything, and he's just like. And how many times? Like... Is, how many times has the photo been taken of you and they caught you in a blink? And then what do you That's do? True. What do you do if you're in the mainstream media? Except here, except he had that. Except he had that posture oh. that I recognize so well because my dad is doing this now because he's at that age. <clears throat> The posture of I literally fell asleep in my chair. Yeah, because your posture changes you slightly. Yeah, I, I would think Biden yeah. would at least be cool enough to wear sunglasses. So, you, like John does on the show, but also, when John's sleeping on the show, you can't tell. Yeah, you can never tell when I'm sleeping. The sun never uh, sets. I, I talk in either cool. way. So, see, sun never sets in Coolsville is what it is. Yeah, that's right. Damn it, I'm just not wearing them right now because uh, the lighting it would. Obviously, that would yeah, you wouldn't be able to see anything. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But But yeah, normally every other episode after like I don't know what was it after like episode seventeen, fifteen, something like that. Like one of the early episodes, I I started wearing the sunglasses. Uh, There's a few of them that I don't have them on. I'm extremely boring. I it's 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 my hallmark. That's that's my thing. Is I'm extremely boring. I can put people to <laughs> that's sleep. what you're bringing to the show. <clears throat> um, so, also, uh, Jay Edgar said that I sounded a lot like Elaine just there. Uh, I guess when I was talking about the waving the magic wand and you know dictatorships and whatnot. <laughs> but you know, he, 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 you know, I, I, I st- but you know how I feel about that. It's just the. It, it that would never it, it, it's it's not going to go off right like anything like that it's just i mean look at two failed attempts to like 
yeah, here we go. Uh, nothing. Here we go. Nothing. Right. Like, I mean, it's it's talked about and like, oh, this is the beginning. Of, uh, and it just March 4th because it's not organized. <laughs> like like for something like this to happen, you got to bring people. To, you got for something like that. You need an. Uh, I condone nothing I'm about to say. I'm just using words that are in the dictionary to prove a point. <laughs> you need an army of people, yeah, an organized is, army. If you're going to do something like that, and that's not happening, that's not what we're seeing. No, it's 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 splintered little groups and no cohesion. And they think they're organizing on social media and it's just being shut down or it's it's not coming off as a cohesive effort. There's without that, you will never take over the establishment or remove the establishment, replace the establishment. Because the establishment's got too much on its side that it can bring to bear. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I mean, even a call to militia is going to pull people up to to help the government out. All mm -hmm. the people that they pander to on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, there will be people that stand up. And granted, they'll have airsoft pistols and, and, and kitchen knives. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> Slingshots was more like it, right? Yeah, you know, uh, like Dennis the Menace slingshots, you know. But they have, they have. There's, there's we'll just, we'll just like set home alone booby traps for the government, like all of the government. Your privacy has been eroded so much that you don't have. You can't. No one could think it could really successfully build something like that. Build the army necessary to take on the establishment. The Fourth Amendment has been, Amendment has been destroyed enough. To where they will know when it's happening, as it's happening, as it's coordinated, where it's going mm -hmm. to happen. They... And that's exactly why they're against data privacy. And that's one of Andrew Yang's big things, is he is totally for data privacy. Sure, sure. They'll but... never let that come to pass. But so the, is... only, the only way that that could come to pass is if blockchain communication technology makes uh, progresses by leaps and bounds. And right. I don't think that that's happening quickly enough. So we're not there yet. Like, it it just doesn't exist. Yeah, and 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 I don't buy into any any establishment figure, whether it be government, corporations, whatever, telling me that they value my privacy. Apple can tell me all day long they don't have a back door built in, but I can tell you right now, everybody has a back door built in. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. I don't yeah, care they're required to by law. <laughs> To even have that company, to even offer those services, one of the things they're required to have is a backdoor. Right. Which right. is why a lot of these encrypted encrypted texting apps and things like that are getting registered in like Switzerland because they don't have those laws. And when a politician tells me that they value my privacy, oh, no, you don't. If you valued my privacy, your primary policy you'd be running on is getting rid of the Patriot Act first thing. Mm -hmm. If you are not going to tell me you're getting rid of the Patriot Act, I'm not. No, I don't want amendments to it. I don't want changes. I, go. Make it gone. Then you tell then you're telling me you care about my privacy. But you it, there's no way we can it, that yeah. anybody could ever form enough of a of, of an in, any kind of revolution. Mm -mm. against this establishment at this point we are too dependent on technology now and the technology has been so corrupted it just won't happen there's there is one there's way it no, can happen. 
there there is no anonymity anywhere anymore. <clears throat> you are born and assigned a number. Now I tell you what what could make it happen. The one time that I could see it actually happening is if we were invaded on our soil, we had to repel an invasion and vis-a-vis in that time then run a takeover of the government while we're in the middle we're of totally the- getting kicked off youtube right <laughs> but i mean that's no these are the only make-believe scenarios <laughs> i could ever see that something would change with our government like for legal purposes this is not real in, right. video, in a video right. game <laughs> if i were making a video, game, a video if i were in charge of this uh, in a video game, yes. Right, in a video game. No, I mean, I, that's the, you know, I can't, I, I try and run through these scenarios constantly in my head ever since the start of the talk of the igloo. And and it's just like, no, no. I, I run into dead ends constantly. Mm-hmm. And this is why I have such a problem with people trying to, you know, the, the rhetoric that people are out there screaming and hollering. Um is it's like you're 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 like a dog barking at other dogs in the neighborhood. You're not getting out of your fucking fence. You're right. pinned in. <laughs> you know, you're chained up back there in the backyard. Keep barking all you want, but it's going to do you no good. Not at this point in time. There's too much left now. There's too much on the left. Mm-hmm. And that's Yeah, because the Republicans allowed it to happen. And that's because you libertarians can't uh, haven't figured out how to infiltrate the left and get them to f- get their heads out of their asses. Oh wait, I thought we were infiltrating the right. You're sp- look. You have one job, and that's infiltrate both sides. You're supposed to spread <laughs> like a virus, right? Do something with yourselves. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> you know, the thing is, the problem is there's not enough libertarians to do that. Yeah, we're too. We're our group is too small. Our voting block is too small. Well, it doesn't help that you're also the non-confrontational political group for the most part, right? Have you ever spent time in libertarian Facebook groups? We are very confrontational. Sure. Keyboard, keyboard <laughs> yeah, warriors always very are. Confrontational. We are extremely confrontational. Right? Right? Uh, uh, yeah, I get you. <laughs> but it's like... It's like I've seen your, I, I, I've experienced the libertarian spectrum too, and it's just you know, you're as you're as partisan within the libertarian group as Democrats are and as Republicans are. You know yes. that that internal partisanship is is the downfall of any party. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's, nobody's got a cohesive message anymore. Nobody. You know, because every time somebody says something, they say they're speaking for the party. All of a sudden, the next thing you see is, is interviews with people from the party are like, oh, I don't agree with that shit. I don't agree mm-hmm. with that shit. Right. Right. He probably sent somebody a dick pic. Let's cancel. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you know, what, you know, what do you do? You know, if you if, just cancel. Them, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's no message. I mean, even with libertarians, I don't feel like I got any message. And then the party resorts to identity politics in their selection for a presidential candidate. I, I don't think, think that's what happened at all. I think I think I think Joe might have been. I think she was more a woman. They were putting a woman forward, more so than a libertarian candidate. No, Joe's very libertarian. Her campaign it. platform was plank by plank the Libertarian Party platform, like period. But it, it, 
Was she the strongest candidate in your opinion? None of them were strong. My opinion was that none of them were strong. At none all. of them. No, none of them. Okay, so so then that asks, then that brings up an interesting question. If she was plank by plank, the libertarian message, mm -hmm. how was that not strong enough? I mean, is that not basically saying the libertarian message is not strong enough? No, it, the principles are strong enough. The messaging was not what it needed to be. Because she couldn't sell it. No, not her. I mean, oh. the can't candidates don't write the messaging. The right. candidate communications department writes the messaging. That's what people don't understand. They love to blame Joe or me. I mean, because I work Joe's social media. They love to blame me for things that went wrong. And I keep having to remind people like, that wasn't my job. My job was to package the messaging I was given yeah. and get it out in at the right time, you know, fight the algorithms um, to get it to reach as many people as possible. That was my job. My job wasn't writing the statements for her or deciding what thing was important that week or, or anything. I mean, I had a say in it, but it wasn't my decision in the end. So the messaging was not what it needed to be. And that would, that fell on communications. They should have done better and been a little bit more bold with some of their messaging and statements. It's not that the principles aren't strong enough. The principles are great. I mean, that's why I'm a libertarian. But if you don't know how to write good messaging or you're not in a position to save someone who is in that position from making bad decisions, then you're just kind of stuck with it. Um, between, but between Joe and Spike, they had the endorsement of every single caucus within the party. There were no holdouts at the end between those two candidates, president, mm -hmm. vice president. No they were endorsed by every single caucus that is part of the Libertarian Party, which is great. Um, and I think a lot of people were hopeful in the beginning that that would, like within the party, create kind of a unity ticket type of thing. And it just didn't like it just didn't coalesce in that way. And that was due to a lot of things, personality differences and um, team structure and, you know, a, just a lot of different factors. Um, Hold on one second. And campaigns are always just chaos. Like it's chaos start to finish on a campaign. Just always. doesn't matter how short or long they are or what office it is. Um, I worked a U.S. Senate race. It was chaos start to finish. And it was only three months long. So that that part of it I was not surprised by. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's it. I don't know. There were no stand. The only standout candidate we had was Justin Amash and certain people within the party and the, the drama that surrounded convention with whether or not it was going to be online and who felt disenfranchised by that and who felt cheated by that. And, and those kinds of things, um, I think, honestly, scared him off. And if he had stayed in, it would have been, like like been a totally Marcus. different race if he had stayed in. What's going on, John? Yeah, I liked uh, I liked John Mott. Uh, I, I was saying I liked John Mott in the primaries for the Libertarian Party. John's great. I thought he was really good. I thought he was solid. Mm -hmm. um, I liked him and his bow tie. Uh, you know, he's just. Uh, I, I mean, I guess he didn't make much of an impression. But I mean, I don't know. I thought he was. He entered a little bit later than most of the, the uh, other candidates. Stage. 
Yeah. He he <clears throat> entered last. Well, I say he entered last minute, but Justin entered afterwards. Yeah, but last, but I'm going to try and get. He keeps cutting out. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Uh... I I volunteered with John in the primaries, and I I like John a lot. I mean. John had never held office. I mean, I don't think any of the other candidates had either, um, aside from Justin. But when he ran for governor of Georgia, he got over a million votes. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm, I, I, I've config, I have the right way to articulate what I'm trying to say here. But when you were, you know, you're talking about the libertarian message and it wasn't being written right. It wasn't being put out there properly you know what the party wanted in my mind i imagine the libertarian party is different as far as like the party trying to get a message through the the mm -hmm. candidate as opposed to the candidate speaking for themselves does that make sense i mean i understand the message of the party i get it but mm -hmm. it needs to come from that it for a libertarian, I would expect it to come from the candidate, right? Not like having a speechwriter write everything flowery speech, but like the candidate actually putting forward their words, you know, something more you, individual, more, I don't know. If you ever watch any of the live, um, any of the live clips that we had put out of um, Joe's campaign stops on her bus tours, those speeches were always really good. And those were her. I mean, those were very much her. And I think that resonated with people more so than the super polished stuff that communications tried to to pass off as Joe. I think if we had done more of the, if we had integrated more of the stump speech into the messaging, that it actually would have gone a lot better. Because that was when she was actually making strong statements herself in her own words um where she where she had a strong message against kamala harris right. and you know people had gotten upset about her initial statement about her like oh yeah it's nice to see another woman in the race kind of a thing um wasn't an endorsement of her at all um but yeah people took it as identity politics and that really wasn't her intention at all she's a very nice lady um but yeah there was there was a lot of things that could have been done better Totally, I will totally admit to that. Um, and I think everybody who worked on the campaign would, would say the same thing. Like there were a lot of things that, that we all could have done better and that, but we were working with, you know, what we had, you know, you, every single libertarian presidential race is we have to make something out of nothing because that's what we have. That's all we have. We have nothing. We start with nothing. We have, we have no money. We have no big funding. We have nothing like that. Right. It just doesn't exist. Well, and that was, you know, it was, you know, my my entire vote in the election was just the hope of, you know, maybe getting enough percentage for the Libertarian Party to get on the stage next time around. But, you know, they would have changed the rules at the last minute. They always do. They did the exact same thing to Gary. Yeah. Gary was at like 13 percent right before when they started to need to hit that 15 percent in those polls. Mm. And they immediately tried to trap him with that Aleppo question and he fell for it. And because he's not good at those. Um, and I adore Gary. I've worked with Gary, um, but he's, he's just not good at those gotcha moments. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't see him coming the way right. that, that I wish he did. 
and other people that work with him say the same thing. You know, we just wish that he could just see those gotcha moments right before he says anything so that he can head it off. If not for that, he would have hit 15% within another three weeks probably. And they would have, but then they would, they would have done what they did with Joe is they would have just started leaving him off those qualifying polls. She was not on one single qualifying poll for the debate. Not, not one single one. So even if she had been polling at 10%, they would have just said, oh, well, that's not a qualifying poll. It doesn't matter. Like we're, that's not enough to put her on a qualifying poll and, and make her eligible for the debate stage. They, they just wouldn't have done it. The media gets so many kickbacks from politicians in the form of access that they are not willing to put those relationships in jeopardy. All right, so so let me let me throw a crazy scenario at you. What if Donald Trump ran as a libertarian? It would never happen. You don't think it you don't think he would go that route. There is no way for him to run as a libertarian. Because he would have to get nominated via a convention of delegates. Sure. The only way that that is possible is if Republicans change their voter registrations en masse, become delegates, which is a process in itself and is handled by the states, and then go to the convention and vote for him. We only nominate by convention. We do not have state primaries. But I... And that is so unlikely to happen. You don't think he could get enough traction in time to, Mm -hmm. to work that ticket? No. If he didn't feel like the Republicans would support him on, on a on another run? No, I don't think he would. Because I would think he would have enough traction with the voters. I mean, if I'm a libertarian, he, I would also, be like... Also, the, not only that, but... Um, and I don't know what mechanisms exist for this because I'm not a person who's, like, super familiar with the, the bylaws and things like that. Um, there is probably a fail-safe where the National Committee could censure him and basically just say he is not our candidate. If there was a party takeover where Republicans switched over, became libertarians, somehow got nominated at their state conventions to be delegates and overtook our convention, that that would be the only way that it's possible and he, they would have to they would have to start now if they were going to do that. Well, and they don't play the long game. Well, you know, I I I said this about I've said this about the politics as usual in Washington, that the only way that's going to change is if a third candidate can get on the presidential stage in the debates to break up the monotony. They and, just won't and, The media is not interested. Well, in I mean, right. But if the, if the Libertarian Party could get enough support behind them, right? And that's always seems to be the issue because the votes would be there if the support was behind the Libertarian Party. Well, then let me ask you this. Where do you foresee that support coming from? Like, what kind of support are you talking about? Like financial support or a voting block or well, both? Or? Well, when you when you talk about when you talk about a candidate, you know, that will garner support from the American public. Yeah. Money's going to flow from the American. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does to the to the two main party candidates regularly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they're they just have in an, the they have a very robust party structure behind them. Sure. And our party structure is not like that. I, well, 
then then I guess that needs to be fixed. I mean, because isn't that the only way that's there's it's a ever going to be egg. a chance? It's a chicken egg thing. You can't make the infrastructure bigger if you don't have the people to staff the infrastructure. And since we are a small party, it's like we can't we can't grow the infrastructure because we don't have the funding to pay right. people to be staff of that infrastructure. So we need more people before we can make the infrastructure bigger. Okay, so then then my thought is that if I'm a if I'm a game player and I want to play the game in Washington, then if I could sway someone like Donald Trump to stand up for my party, then that would draw everything like flies to honey. Um, you know, the face, because that's, you know, there's something lacking in the Libertarian Party to where it can't get. We don't want Donald Trump. That's for sure. Okay. He's not a libertarian, definitely. No, but he wasn't. I don't think he was a Republican at the time he switched over to Republican either, right? I mean, I mean, we know we he's he's willing to put on whatever face is necessary, and that's not good enough for for libertarians. We well, have, we have already had that experience. We are like, we have been ghosted after the first date so many times with people just leaving and going back to the Republican Party that we are not interested in anybody that we think is just going to desert us after the nomination. Well, that's, uh, I, I, I could see that. I mean, it's so, I don't under, I, I, then that, that makes me question, you know, what is the, I hate to say it, but what's the point to the Libertarian Party then? If, if, if it's inevitable that you're never going to see the stage. The party, the party's purpose is to elect Libertarians. Right. And we do that successfully at the local level. Most people have absolutely no idea that we do it successfully at the local level because we win in nonpartisan races where you don't have an L after your name. And that's how we are taking over some of these, you know, municipal governments or state governments or whatever. I mean, that's our ticket in is if libertarians run on a nonpartisan ticket where it's literally just three or four candidates principles and ideas versus principles and ideas, and people don't have that party label to tell them who's a Republican and who's a Democrat, libertarians actually win. So to me, that proves your question earlier, are the principles strong enough or is the messaging strong enough? The answer is yes, it is, because they win nonpartisan races. So if you're just comparing principle to principle, it's there. We have it. Okay. So then... <clears throat> that but that that just kind of strengthens the idea that okay so when people see the libertarian brand they don't vote for it if they don't mm-hmm. know it's there then they'll I had vote somebody for once it. I had somebody once ask me oh Ron Paul he's like Bernie Sanders right no like literally the opposite of Bernie Sanders what are you talking about right so we have a, we have as a party a messaging and a branding problem right because we have people that are in the party that think that i don't know running on stage naked is a cool thing to do at a convention <laughs> so sure it's a great gimmick but it does not make the average voter take you seriously well and I... there there is a subset of people within the libertarian party that are um, 
that are jokers. And I don't mean jokers like they want to play practical jokes. I mean, they are the joker from Batman. They just want to see the world burn. So they're not concerned about winning, winning elections. They like being the loudest. They like being, um, I don't know. They like being the big fish with influence in the small pond. The second you start talking about making the party bigger, making it more inclusive, making it big tent, making it whatever you want to, whatever terminology you want to use, they see that as a threat to their position and they will stop it at any cost. And that is an inter-party problem that we have to figure out how to solve. And the only way really to solve that is to make the party bigger so that those voices that are more fringe get drowned out by pragmatists that actually can sell ideas to people who are maybe not registered as libertarians, maybe not familiar with libertarianism, they're fence sitters or they're moderates or they're whatever. But if they see a weak candidate from the Republicans or a weak candidate from the Democrats and they don't want to vote for the other major party candidate, they'll choose a libertarian because they so hate the other party that it works to our advantage. Um, and this is true in ranked choice voting states. Um, you know, they they want to vote for that Republican. They want that Republican to win, but the very last person that they're going to put on their ballot is the Democrat. So they'll put everybody else in between. Right. You know, so they'll stick the Democrat at the bottom every time because they want to lessen that chance of them winning. So, um. I don't know. It, it's just it's so complicated. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, you, I think I think libertarianism, libertarians have to fight the idea that there's, you know, there's this unspoken stigma about libertarians. Right. Like this, you know, bad, negative connotations or, you know, whatever you want to call it to where it's like, OK, you know, is this a cult, you know, or libertarians just a cult? kind of thing, you know, uh, wanting to do Civil War reenactments or doing, you know, uh, Revolutionary War reenactments. And, you know, is this just like some culty thing, you know, because, yes, you know, the branding and messaging isn't out there that really teaches people what libertarianism is. You know, I, I was like, you know, people, a lot of more people, I think, would have listened if if they had talked more about how Trump you know, Trump had some policy ideas, some policy enactments that were more libertarian minded. Even John has said this, that, you know, there were things he was doing in office that were more liberty minded than, you know, one would have but then expected. There were things that he, but then but then those libertarian ish things that libertarians defended early on, he undid by the end of his term. Like yeah. revoking the executive order to not allow White House staff to be lobbyists. Like libertarians cheered for that. We were like, okay, great. Like you want to drain the swamp? Step number one, that's that's a pretty good, you know, stake to the heart right there is making them take a step back from Washington and not allowing them to be in those Senate chambers and those um, meetings with these people, with legislators. That's great. And then he turned around and revoked it because he wanted his guys to be able to do it he didn't want democrats to be able to do it that it served in under obama but he wanted his people to be able to do it so it still went right back around to that well i don't want you to do it but i want to be able to do it kind of thing right which is the problem with a lot of these policies and democrats are about to learn a really hard lesson that some of the precedent they set with trump with the ways that they attacked him and things that they tried to 
charge him with and, and stuff like that. Republicans are going to turn around and do the exact same thing because now those precedents have been set. Right. So whatever the Democrats got away with doing to Trump, the Republicans are going to try to get away with doing to any future Democratic president, too. If they and have, it, just, it just goes back and forth. It's right. just a tennis match. That's it. Um, John wants me to ask you about uh, what you think about the Mises caucus and Dave the Smith. Mises wanting caucus? To, the Mises? Is it Mises? It, yeah, it's yeah. Mises. I, I never met the person, so I don't know. Uh, and, and Dave Smith wanting to take over the LNP. The LNC? He said LNP. I'm just reading what he's got. LNP. The Libertarian National Party. Oh, mm, okay. I don't know. The Mises we don't, Caucus. We never, call it the L, we never call it the LNP. We always just call it the LP. Oh. Uh, the, yeah. the LNC is the Libertarian National Committee, which is why I thought it might have been a typo. John, John's letting, I think John's letting a little of his boomer show. He's more <laughs> boomer than anyway. But anyway, uh, so the Mises Caucus and Dave Smith. Um, do you have an opinion on that? Um, so I was part of the Mises Caucus early on. Um, and basically they were formed to oust Sarwark as chair. And that was like their whole mission. And... They failed because they didn't they didn't win that election. He served one more term. And then the person they endorsed for chair this last time didn't win either. Um, but we have a fine chair. I have no problems with the chair that we have now. Um, I do have a problem with the toxicity that exists in the Mises caucus. I don't like that. Um, but also as I have been a part of the party for longer, I mean, I only joined the party itself, the party, the party proper in 2017. So I really haven't been in the party politics side of it for that long. And I have, the more I've been around the caucuses and, and learned like what different ones are, are about the things that they advocate for and things that they want to do. I mean, libertarians are supposed to be anti-collectivists by nature. And yet we have a caucus for like everything. Like we have a Waffle House caucus. We have a sex worker caucus. We have a Mises caucus. We have a pragmatic caucus. We have a radical caucus. We have a caucus for everything. We could have a pie lovers caucus. I don't know. But uh, we have a um, LP Woodchippers caucus for a certain subset of the population that thinks it's okay to hurt children. Um, so <laughs> your face. <laughs> So uh, to me, I just like, uh, I don't know. I have a problem with all of those caucuses encouraging that collectivism. So I just stay out of all of it. And I find that personally, I'm more effective doing what I do, not being a part of any caucus, really. Just being my own individual person. Because as soon as you associate with a caucus, someone else from another caucus has an issue with it. And so then they don't want to work with you on something, but you know, maybe you really wanted to work with them on something and like, it makes all of that more difficult. You just, I feel like it's just building more walls within the party and it's not helpful. I mean, I get that it's like the natural right. that's, structure of a party, right. but I don't like it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the structure of a party. And then that's also just the way the parties interact in Washington, right? As soon as you, they, mm -hmm. you're, you say you're part of this party, 
every assumption is made about what you think and what you do. And so it, it, it negates a good portion of the conversation where you could actually find your middle ground, right? So we have all the partisanship that goes on. I mean, it, that, and that is, I guess that's ultimately the problem I have with libertarian, the libertarian idea is that, yeah, it's, you know, it's not about being a collective. It's not about being confrontational. It's not about, you know, identity. It's not about any of these things, but it is all of those things that are going to be necessary to compete with that party place. <laughs> so it's like... It's like, you know, the Libertarian Party has to become something uh, that can compete with those things. And unfortunately, I think that requires that it becomes much more like them to do that. And that will just defeat the purpose of being libertarianism, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. now I'm a proponent of a presidential election being done by anonymous debate and by anonymous vote. Like... You how would you know. even how would you even administer an anonymous debate? You, you give you give them numbers. You know how do they talk to people that witness uh, people in witness protection program? They interview them, right? They change their voices. They put them behind silhouette screens, whatever. You have all your debates. You have all your candidates, whatever, and it's done anonymously. You don't know who's running. But that I mean, would destroy the integrity of a debate because the debate is meant to be an opportunity for you to read body language, tone. And if you're changing people's voices and not allowing them to see the candidates at all, then you destroy that side. I mean, so much of how we communicate to people is in our body language. Right. So if you can talk well, but your body language sucks, or you can lie really, really well, and your body language communicates that lie, but your words don't, you lose out on that context, that context. So I wouldn't be in favor of it just for that, because I because you can be very manipulative with words and your body language gives you away. And if you take if you take that away, then you're depriving people of that full experience of maybe getting those context clues that they need to be able to make their decision. Yeah, but. The, in theory, the, I like right. the idea of that, where it's just principle versus but, principle, answer versus answer. But see, we already have we already have that scenario in place. I mean, how much of what is said during debates, during interviews, is decontextualized, right? Like some little this and some little that, or just the mm -hmm. word that was used, where they just completely twist the intent of the word. And even give the context that it was set in, but imply that the word was meant in a different way, right? Donald Trump stood and said, we have to fight. And then the Capitol building was overrun. Mm -hmm. He said the word fight, which has been said thousands of times by presidents throughout the years. But he said fight and somebody fought so that he meant go, uh, you know, raid the Capitol building. It's going to get twisted no matter what. What matters is in, a, in an anonymous scenario is that, yes, you have to rely on what you're saying. And if it is bullshit, well, mm -hmm. that's going to come out because we already tear apart everything, every statistic that a president puts out, everything they say. The media will, will sit there and expose it and say, yes, but is this possible? This is what would have to happen. This is how they plan to do it. Or when they don't give a plan, but you don't have their, 
you know, their their used car salesperson smile and and affected emotion in your face while you're having to, while you're listening to what they actually have to say. There's got to be a way that we could do this to where we get rid of a party affiliation, everything about a candidate so that it's just it, it's actually their their policy that we're hearing and what they intend. We can determine that they're a Republican, a Democrat, a Libertarian from what their policies are that they're putting forward. But, you know, the, knowing knowing a candidate is a Democrat or a Republican garners in a ton of votes without a word being said because p- voting party lines. And that's right. what it, and that's what's going to have to happen with the Libertarian Party is you've got to build a party. That's big enough to take on two other parties in the establishment and convince people to toe a party line in their vote, not vote because it's the libertarian principle. The other part of this is that it's been my experience in talking with voters, lots of voters, is that they tend to vote based on based on fear Mm -hmm. and the two major parties weaponize fear at every turn you know democrats do it all of the time they're going to take away your health care they're going to take away your access they're going to take they're not going to pay you 15 dollars an hour you're not going to be able to live republicans do the exact same thing sure they're going to let all the illegal immigrants in they're going to legalize abortions they're, they're going to make it so easy to get an abortion they're going to they're going to do this they're going to do that and libertarians don't message like that we message about solutions, so we're not pushing fear all of the time, not in the same way that the Democrats and Republicans are. I mean, people get, people are detached from that concept of, of liberty and, and true freedom. So when we message in a way that is, um, I guess our fear mongering is, you know, fear of losing our liberty, people are so detached from that because they, they all have different definitions of what liberty is to them. So we're talking about not losing our liberty and we mean a certain specific thing. But when we say that and message that to Republicans and Democrats, they think of something differently when they're thinking liberty. Mm. Well, so- and so, so libertarians are over here taking the high road and everybody else is in the ditch slinging mud and the voters are all focused on that ditch because they're just like, look at what's happening, you know, and they're not looking anywhere else. They don't, and there's no incentive for Democrats and Republicans to solve any of those big problems at all because it's productive for them to use that as campaign material to get people to push the button. So They're never going to solve illegal immigration because they can use right. it as a campaign issue. Right. Well, so then, then perhaps the Libertarian Party needs to learn to use fear in the right way. Use the right angle. With fear. I, I don't disagree. And and that simply needs to be, it's not a list, you know, it's not about what Democrats are going to do to you or what Republicans are going to do to you. What it needs to be is a laundry list of the liberties that have already been taken away from you. Look, these are the things that have already been done. You don't have to mm-hmm. be afraid of these things because they're already there and you're living your life with them already. So you've made your peace. But what we want to do is try and give these liberties back to you, right? Play mm-hmm. on the fear of something that's already happened. Take them through the steps of grief immediately 
so that they can move on from loss and reach that point where they're angry and they want to fight back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to personally, as a personal project, I would really like to to identify the libertarians in the party or people that are associated with the libertarian party that might not be in the party for whatever reason that that typically most libertarians agree message themselves well and then i want to analyze that and figure out you know why why are these people why are these people rising to the top and being identified as good messengers of liberty and what are they all doing right and what are they all doing wrong and like how can we expand on that like how can we make that something that anybody in the party can learn to do because i think everybody should be trained in how to message liberty from county level all the way up to national like everybody should know how to message our principles in the right way to reach the people that they want to reach so it's going to be heavily dependent on the area in which you live or the other people that you interact with people that are coming to your meetings or whatever you're going to have to learn your audience first but there's got to be somebody in the party who's messaging well that speaks to those people that you can emulate. Right. And I think if we can do that, we can make everybody's messaging better across the board, then that will that will help us tremendously. Right. And and and, and I agree with you. They've got to find a message. There's got to be a strong message. You know, I'll tell you what. I I would be I, I would be a libertarian voter consistently if if i were hearing the message i'm going to get your fourth amendment back if you if if i'm hearing that most voters don't even know which right. what the fourth amendment is right. that's the problem and so voter is, education is very very yes. difficult and that needs to be attacked that needs to be taken because that's you, you got to educate you can't educate people on libertarian ideals mm -hmm. i'm sorry they, they don't most want people only know the first and second amendment that's right. it TL some people know fourth or fifth right that but that's the extent of it if you right. say 21st amendment they're like I got to Google it because right. they don't remember. Right. They don't know. And and so, you know, when you're coming at them with with ideals about what that, that that's not the education, that's a TLDR situation for them. Mm -hmm. But if you if you're hitting them with wake up calls immediately, getting matrix on them and, and pulling the plug and saying, look, you've already lost this. Mm -hmm. Right. This is gone. Yeah. And there are there are some people we've we've tried we've we've tried to do um, more of that. I think in the last 10 years since Ron Paul, really, um, Ron Paul was really good at that. Yeah. Cause we can't, we can't, you can't, a message of hope is not going to, it's not good for any party at this point. No. Nobody, nobody's feeling hopeful. No. <laughs> nobody's got that in their pocket. Sorry. Right. All right. Uh, so, uh, I think we're, uh, yeah, we're hitting we're hitting close to that time, and uh, it looks like we've lost John for good. Yeah, you know, the ghost, we did lose John for good. The ghost got the better of. Elfman uh, <laughs> uh, says, even though Matt Christensen is Republican, he speaks well and concisely about liberty, which is which is good. I mean, you know, everybody needs to be more liberty minded, but you know, mm -hmm. you're not going to get that in Washington because there's no power in in, in liberty. There's just not. There's no power there. Uh, but no, because the parties will kick you out oh yeah absolutely right right i'm just i'm just wondering how long aoc is going to last before every, both sides are just like oh she's got to shut the fuck up <laughs> she's gonna yeah. go, right she gotta shut the fuck up <laughs> she i don't talking, think she will she's talking green deals and shit she gonna fuck things up she's gonna let them know about soylent green Stop. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So uh, before we get out of here, though, um, you uh, I want to give you a minute to, you know, you know, for for anybody that doesn't know, you know what you're about. I know that you uh, you do some little podcast thing with with your buddy Ed. I think we know Ed a little bit. You know, we, we're familiar with him. Uh, but tell us a little, you know, a little bit about what you got going on and what's coming up for you and that kind of thing. Um, well, since I wrapped the campaign, I took a little break and I've just been working on some of my own projects. I've been writing a lot more lately. Um, I've got a link tree at the top of my. Um, Twitter page. So if you're on Twitter, uh, my at is libertarian red one, and you can click on that link tree that's in my bio and it will give you access to like everything that I'm doing, the newsletter that I write, uh, the Facebook page where Ed and I stream our show, which actually got dinged on Facebook today for a two year old meme that had Whoa. miniature Hitlers in it. And they didn't like that very much. Um, um, yeah, you can't show the mustache. <laughs> Yeah. So I got dinged on Facebook and now we're not, now I'm not allowed to live stream for 30 days, which sucks. Um, there's a link to my merch store. Um, I sell t-shirts that have stuff to do with Liberty and guns and all kinds of fun things. So yeah, check it out. Um, that's probably the easiest place to find everything compiled in, in one spot. So, uh, hearing all that and, uh, you know, you talking about, uh, you know, your, your work with the Libertarian Party, do you have, uh, do you have some goals in mind? Do you have any um, kind of political aspirations? Oh, no, definitely not. No? No, absolutely not. Now, see, why is it every, God, I keep running into Libertarians are like, no, I wouldn't fuck with office. No, no, I no, no, I have no desire. I love helping people run for office. I love. Uh, the main reason I even started a Patreon account um, was so that I could get paid to create content and things that I was already doing and spending a lot of time on um, because it's very time consuming, as you probably know. Um, but also because a lot of libertarians can't afford to pay staff. And I would love to be able to just volunteer my time for candidates and and just tell them, like, don't worry about it. You don't need to pay me. Like, I'll just help you. Um, that was like my initial reason for starting, you know, to for monetizing anything that I do was just so that I could take on unpaid work and without having to worry about myself, but I could also help candidates. So, yeah, I love doing, I love doing that, but I have no interest or desire to run for office myself. Yeah. It's uh, like John said in the chat, libertarians don't want power. It's their biggest flaw in gaining it. Um, and that's, <laughs> and, 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 and that's the thing is, is, you know, it's, it's like, look, you know, now I, you know, I'm not, you know, people in glass houses, you know, I could have, you know, I, I was a wayward person most of my life, but like, if you've got, if you've got these ideas, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it, the keeping them in the background, right? It, this is why I'm like, you know, if you, if, if there are people that are libertarian minded, if they, and they have something to offer, get involved and like start making things happen right because mm -hmm. you know especially if there's a good voice right like you 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 know what you're talking about it sounds like it's you know you're selling something and you I understand just try to, the I, I have just but, tried so hard to divorce myself from the intra-party squabbles that that's why i don't do caucuses that's why i don't do that's why I don't really want to hold a position within the party. I don't want to have, you know, a job with the national party. I've had people ask me, are you going to apply with a job for a job with national? I'm like, no, because I don't want to answer to the LNC and all these other people and have an entire party like criticizing every move I make. Like that is not, no. 
I do not desire to live under a microscope. And, 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 you know, as John pointed and that, out. That, and that would be the case if I ran for office too. I don't want to live under a microscope. I mean, it's it, that, and that is a huge, it seems to be a huge impediment for the party is that there are prob there are a lot of like-minded individuals out there that are libertarian minded, but don't want to, don't want to breach that wall. All right, mm -hmm. and get involved in it. And it's like but, we find that we're damn. more effective when we work on our own stuff, you know, when we do things like this, um, or you know, form coalitions with other libertarians to have common, you know, goals. And we just work on a project together. And then when it's over, it's over, and we all go our separate ways. And you know, we got something done, but we didn't need to form a caucus to do it. We didn't need to form this. We didn't need to do this. We didn't need to make enemies to do like you know, we didn't need to have all that stuff. Somebody's that got trauma. to drive the train. Elaine, somebody's got to drive the train. If it's, ever, if it's ever going to, if it's ever going to happen, somebody's going to have to get up and drive the train. And so it may be somebody's got to do like, like yourself has got to come in from the caboose and walk all the way up the train through the cars and get up there <laughs> and then start driving the damn thing yourself. Maybe I mean, in 20 years. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, otherwise you're just going to be sitting around in 30 years going, yeah, there's another, you know, floppy bunny eared candidate the Libertarian Party's throwing up that I'm not, you know, thoroughly happy with or the party still hasn't got a message together. Maybe you're the voice. Maybe <laughs> you're the message. I did not ask for this. You don't have to ask. <laughs> Great, I didn't want that. <laughs> greatness does not come by request. It just happens. Do you Great think Jesus Jesus, Jesus didn't ask for all of that stuff that happened to him? He did, though. He, he was did part not. of the plan. No, no. He was forced into it. He was forced into it. He's, I mean, I mean, think about it. He's, he had to answer questions all his life growing up. What do you mean your mom was a virgin? What? What do you mean your mom was a virgin? What? I mean, just That's that. That's an entirely other podcast episode. Imagine the bullying. Come on. <laughs> he didn't, right? I mean, his he, God, he could probably never post anything on TikTok without just getting body shamed and the whole nine yards. I just um, saw a fun. I just saw a funny cross stitch about something like that. It said, "Whenever I think about what Jesus would do, I disappear for three days and pretend to be dead." Right. <laughs> disappear for three days. That's the way. I'm like, it. yes, that is me. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. So you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll change your mind one day i don't know um but that's that's the thing you know a lot of people know that the message needs to change but you know somebody's got to be willing to get up there with a bullhorn and start telling us what that message is maybe um, i'll just marry into it well that oh really jill <laughs> really jill is that what you're gonna do <laughs> is that what we're gonna that's a lot do? easier i'm just saying i could take a shortcut i'm sorry you're, you're wanting to be claire underwood when you grow up is that it <laughs> I don't know if you get that reference. No, uh, I've never I, watched House of Cards. See, so you did get the reference. You know, I the got name. the reference, but I've never watched it, so I have no context it's, to put that it's, comment. It's some scary shit. I, I I will say this: it's scary when you watch it and watch how the parallel they made it to the this last administration, like mm. before the administration was actually doing some of the things that they did. They had already done it in House of Cards kind of thing. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I'm like, wait, which way is this going? Who's who's scripting who here? You know, 
Um, Especially when you consider like how long ago those episodes would have been written and how long ago they would have been filmed. It was like, it was already done. Like post-production would have been done. Right, right. There were, it's, like, there were, in advance. there were moments where I'm like, holy shit, Donald Trump watched House of Cards. <laughs> and I just felt it. But anyway, all right, uh, we're going to get the hell out of here. Thank you everyone for being in the chat. Uh, so you'll know, if you look down in the description, you'll see some places where you can find us. Like our uh, Twitter handles down there at the Gin Gap P. You can find John's usually on Twitter, being all tweety or whatever they're called now. What I, what are they called now? Tweets. Uh, is it just tweets now? I thought there was something. Fleets. Fleets now. Fleets of tweets. Um, yeah, they're they're just getting all frou-frou now. Uh, but we're also on. We've got our Discord server down there. You can find us there. Um, those of you who are checking us out on YouTube, we're also over on D Live and Trovo. You can find those links down there. Um, are we on any other platforms? Probably, but I don't. Periscope. We're on Periscope, but nobody watches us over there because they're all down in the sub. Uh, but uh, we uh, also have a link to not only our Discord, but to the new Gilded server, which I really, I've been so bad and I haven't gone on there and like really do it, done man. a deep dive into that and get it all set up. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been lax. I'm just saying, you know, I don't have somebody to do it for me, you know, like you do, you know. <clears throat> you know well, I'm the one who made the, dis the, the Gilded server. Fine. You know, don't break your hand arm patting yourself on the back though. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. I made I that for Ed. I know. And he I loves did it just you. for him. He loves you for it. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, but that's where you can find out. Uh, you can see everybody from Freedom Scoop. Red and Ed are over there on Gilded. Um, you can also uh, uh, find out about uh, Wyatt Birkenhoff, uh, the breakdown with Birkenhoff. We've got Stephen Ignoramus in the Freedom Scoop umbrella. We've also got RRC and then uh, also have the Freckles and Brit show. All of us under the Freedom Scoop umbrella, um, you know. To, I thought we were on a cone. Well, not under see, an umbrella. Right, but you you know you don't want to be under a cone because it, it That'd be it's, weird. it's just melty and sticky. So I think of Freedom Scoop as an umbrella that we all are under, eating our ice cream so it doesn't get wet in the rain. <laughs> okay. Because there's nothing wrong with eating ice cream in the rain. Fight me. Uh, but. Uh, I do appreciate everybody showing up tonight and all the fun chat, everybody that's out there. Sorry, John, that you couldn't hang out with us. Do make sure and watch back and watch the show back because I still want to see if anything happened in that mirror reflection. You know, maybe Half Head was in there, but I doubt it. You know, John's not a very good ghost hunter. He hasn't had one paranormal experience the whole time he's been there. It's because he's not in that room that he needs to be in. Is that what it is? No, maybe. because it, there's been other stuff cited besides just the one room. You know, well, it's also not the witching hour yet. That John, happens at 3 a.m. Well, he, he, he was there last night, too, I believe. Oh, okay. So, John, just between you and me, John's, John may not be very open at the moment. You know, he's got to learn to open up and be open to these things to happen so they feel comfortable. You know, otherwise, he just doesn't. I didn't think ghosts made anyone feel comfortable. Sure they do. Sure they do. <laughs> Come on. Don't you feel comfortable with ghosts? I know no, not I, really. No? <laughs> not Do really. Do you believe in them? Um, yeah, I think I've had some ghost experiences. Oh. Just one in particular. Oh, well, we will have to have another episode. You'll have to come on and talk to us about that. 
Yeah, I thought that's what we were gonna do tonight. So I was all like prepared. Well, John, and, and, and John's stuff. like, John's like, well, have we got anything to talk about besides just you know ghost stuff? And I'm like, yeah, I was gonna talk about. And he's like, and Elaine's gonna be here, and I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm gonna talk to her and stuff like that. Like he was. I like, love how you just didn't tell me that you had anything planned at all. Oh, I didn't have anything planned at all. I, this was all put together in the last three minutes before the show. Hell, I just remember two minutes before you joined in that you were coming. Um, you know, see, because I'm, I'm old. I have very little memory left. So it's okay. You know, based on the holes in my memory, Swiss cheese was going to be on the show tonight. So, mm, All right. I think I'm more fun than Swiss cheese, but okay. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You probably smell better, too. I'm going yeah, on. For sure. I, this, that's an assumption. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to make any, you know, too much assumption on it. But, you know, I would figure you did. You know. Ed, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, it, if you want to warp cheese that way, fine. Go ahead. Warp cheese. Uh, but anyway, we're going to get the hell out of here. We'll be back again on, uh, what's today, Friday? So we'll be back again on Monday with a little bit of fill in the gap where we try and start your week off with a little bit of humor to get rid of those Monday feelings. Um, that's at 9.30 p.m. We'll also be back on Wednesday for another rousing episode of Shooting the Shit. Um, and then uh, we expect to be back next Friday, although I may not be here next Friday. May need a stand-in for John. Elaine, keep your calendar open. No. Uh, <laughs> But uh, uh, that show on Friday is at 8.30 p.m. All those times are the Eastern time zone, not to be confused with all the rest of those posers out there. You know who you are. Um, we're going to get the hell out of here. Thank you so much for coming by, Elaine. John, thanks for being here while you could. Hopefully you don't get eaten or thrown out of your hotel tonight. Um, outside of that, folks, have yourselves a wonderful night. Make sure and hit that like button on your way out if you haven't done it already. Other than that, going to get out of here. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.